Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. We are live. This is Pitch Deck Asia. My name is Graham Brown, joined by Kamal Kamaka. Here in Singapore as well, based normally in New York, but traveling today. Kamal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Graham. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to talk to you. We're going to talk about iVend, which people know you for, the company behind it, which is City Exis. A little bit about your story as well and the problem that you're solving. A little bit of background to yourself, Kamal. We had a little bit of a chat off air. Where are you from originally? Uh, from India. Which part? Um, I was born in Calcutta, yeah. uh, but I lived most of my uh, time in New Delhi. So, fantastic. Between but New Delhi and Calcutta, yeah. You are based in New York. That's where City Access yeah. is based. Yeah. So, City Access is a delivery-based company. We are a we are New York registered company. Uh, our headquarters is there. The holding is there, mm-hmm. and our intellectual property residence is uh, Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we have an Irish structure. And we have uh, uh, centers in 22-odd countries, uh, including Singapore. Fantastic. So your background, we're going to talk about retail today. Are you from the world of retail? How did you get into this space? Yeah, I'm from the world of enterprise software. It's SAP. Um, uh, kind of SAP. Yeah. Yes, SAP, Oracle, uh, you know, all these are enterprise software. Um, if, you, if you look at um, uh, mid-90s, uh, there have been uh, a lot of consolidation in the in the enterprise software world. Um, so I, I come from that background, from the complete ERP kind of background, and we saw an opportunity in retail and distribution. Uh, but in mid 2000, 2005, six, uh, that's how we started in retail. Mm, fantastic. So what we do is we will have a look at your pitch deck. Um, some of the key points, and bear in mind as well, Kamal, that some of the people who are listening to this won't be able to see the video so we may have to be a bit depictive with our descriptions of what's on the pitch deck as well particularly when we get into some of the data as well so let's start with the problem first so we can jump into the pitch deck and have a look at that so i'm going to have a look at the uh the pitch deck on slide this is on slide nine we're going to and um Here's the problem. So I'll read it, and then you can basically tell us a little bit about what this problem means and also who we're talking to. So it says, is your organizational omni-channel ready? Are you facing any of these issues? And then you highlight some of the key issues that retailers, brands, I suppose, have with retail channels. Can you tell us a little bit about what the problem is? Yeah, so the biggest issue in the mid-market and large enterprise, now I will divide retail into two parts. One is the mid-market and large enterprise. Another is the SME segment. Um, When we talk about startup, we are a startup for the SME segment, but I will talk more about the uh, omni-channel, the the deck that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The issue that retailers face today in that segment is integrated retail. Um, a retailer would buy a point of sale from someone, loyalty management from some other vendor, uh, e-commerce from someone else, uh, merchandise management. There are uh, large engines that uh, a retailer will need um, to do click and collect, to do uh, promotion management, gift cards, uh, forecasting. So these are large engines a retailer would like to use to run their business. So what was happening uh, traditionally in the 90s and early 2000s, when we looked at the problem statement, uh, we saw a lot of retailers were spending a truckload of money in 
not only buying these different systems, but they were spending far more in application integration. Mm. So there was no platform. We were the first platform that came to market. We, we saw that as the biggest problem statement, that as a retailer, you would like to compete with the Macy's or Nordstrom or Walmart. Uh, these are big names in uh, retail world, uh, but they are spending $100 million in IT and you have a budget of $2 million, $3 million. So how do you compete with them? How do you bring omni-channel? How do you bring all those solutions in a single platform? Um, so we started uh, creating uh, the platform. Ivent is a platform, and there are various applications on top. The application that we release uh, are the, uh, say the point of sale or loyalty management or e-commerce. Uh, there are various engines there. There are cloud solutions. All you have to do as a retailer, you can switch on anything at any time. So you buy a point of sale today, after six months, you would like to enhance your consumer experience and you want um, uh, loyalty management, switch it on. And it works. Mm. There is no money to be spent in application integration. So this was the uh, problem statement number one. The second problem statement that we wanted to fix was uh, consumer experience. So when we interviewed, um, and we have a survey that actually every year we do this. Now, it's pretty well known in the retail world. We survey thousands of retailers in various continents um, and we find out what, how exactly they're behaving, what do they want. And early on, we found that they wanted to touch their shopper. They wanted to touch the customer. They wanted the customer to spend more money at their shop. How do you do that? There's only one answer. It's consumer experience. So can you use technology to enhance consumer experience. So that's the second problem statement that uh, that we take care of. Okay. So these are the two things. Fantastic. Well, we're going to dive into the solution part in a minute, Kamal. Back up a little bit and help us explain some of the, the uh, statements that you've made. Can you explain your definition of omnichannel? I know people in retail are familiar with it, but it's interesting to hear your take on that. And also, you mentioned the kind of customers you're targeting they're not the macy's with the 100 million it budgets but the retailers with the 2 million it mm -hmm. budget or there or thereabouts so maybe we can start first who is this relevant to what kind of retailers and can you give us some examples yeah so we have um, our our uh, main solution which is called ivan retail uh, that is targeted to mid-market retail so mid-market retail will be uh, a, a retailer with 10 store, possibly at one end, it can go up to a thousand store, right? Um, so in that, uh, like we will have Virgin Mobile or Samsonite uh, or Asics, the shoe company, or um, uh, Vodafone. There's a lot of stores in Vodafone, uh, Vodafone stores in uh, Africa who would run uh, our solution. So these are mid-market retail. Large enterprise retail will be Walmart because um, or Macy's. They will need integration with uh, their supply chain. Uh, so we are in the mid-market. We are not much in the large enterprise. We do have customers there, but our target is mid-market for the product. The reason I am in Singapore is not for the mid-market. It is for the SME segment. We are trying to solve a completely different problem that um, retailers are facing in Southeast Asia. Um, and that is for the complete SME segment. And the problem there is completely different, uh, not integrated retail. It's uh, more to do with profitability and usage of technology to um, um, which you run in the background to become more profitable. 
Uh, and that is a that is an issue we have seen with the retailer. That's also an issue with the governments uh, that they would like the data, they would like things to be more uh, segmented, and we are trying to solve those problems too. Okay, um, excellent. Let's have a look at the actual solution itself. Then, if we can jump in, what I have th- there's a few slides that you have here on your pitch deck which cover the solution. I'll start with the top one, which is more on the conceptual side, which is on slide two, which is what you've really sort of introduced us to, which is the end-to-end retail management solution. Um, You've talked about that. You've given us the overview. Jumping in now a bit more into the depth of the solution. I'm going to go to slides 11 to 13. Um, This is where we introduce Omnichannel first and then Mm -hmm. the journey and how that sort of fits into iVind retail. So let's start first with that question from earlier. What is Omnichannel? And then we can have a look at the, the customer journey and also where you come into that. So sure. Omnichannel sure. first, what is it? So Omnichannel essentially is a multiple channel by which a retailer can generate revenue in a way that all those channels are effectively integrated in a singular platform. It all emanates from single view of inventory. So think about it. There is a retailer with 30 stores or 20 stores, and he also wants to sell in um, online so possibly he has an online store and he would like to give an experience to his customers who can do click and collect so uh, say you have an office in Semtec city and while you are coming back you live maybe in the east uh, you would like to pass through a store and pick up your uh, groceries or any your any of the products uh, before you go to go to store but you do not really want to stand in line for that so you would like to do click and collect. So you you would like to go online, select those products, buy them online, choose the store from where you want to um, uh, pick those products and say, okay, I will come at 5 p.m. today and pay the money and that's it. When you reach the store, your packet is ready. Mm. Now, the way a retailer can achieve that is by ensuring the online, in, uh, online asset, the online store is fully integrated with his retail platform, which also knows how much inventory is there in which um, uh, which store, so that you do not uh, go off sync. So it is always about single view of inventory. Similarly, you can have various other uh, mechanisms. You may have a call center uh, who is selling. You may have kiosk. Maybe you have small small kiosk in Tiongbaru where you are um, selling your products. Can you have an integrated approach where a consumer experience can be taken care of? So that's all about omnichannel. These are different retailing solutions that is used by a customer to buy product from your site that talk to each other seamlessly in real time. What is the problem here, Kamal? Is it that these different functions have evolved separately over time? There was a time when there was just a retail store, and then they had to have a call center, so it was a different team, different department, even different, you know, uh, P&L line, for example. But what what's happened over time? These have evolved separately. Is it just that they are separate units, or is there a mindset issue here as well, which is a bit more fundamental in retail? It's all of these put together, plus the Amazon issue. Um, now, as a retailer, you need to compete in the market. You know that your customers will come to your store, uh, they will buy your products. Um, but at the same time, you know, he can go to Amazon.com and he can buy the product 
from there and get it delivered or redmart uh, for S- singapore um, or lazada so these are these are online assets and as a retailer i have to compete with these assets unless he changes the way that he did business 10 years ago he will not be in business 10 years from now so it's not just a mindset um it's it's a given that your mindset has to change it is no longer retail only it is always omni channel now saying so every retailer may not need an online store possibly you are selling something that your customers won't even come um online to buy uh, in that case you should be able to publish your products online in various other marketplaces so why only your own store can you publish your products in lazada or in amazon or somewhere else or other assets so that your profitability increases so that's the idea from the channel yeah i mean going back to the amazon issue and we haven't even mentioned names like alibaba yet as an example yeah. but mm-hmm. you know i think especially here in asia the new customer experience and you started with customer experience in this this talk today this conversation and i think that's the key to all of this isn't it is that seamless customer experience and at the end of the day it's not the customer's problem it's ours as retailers you know if we have disjointed units within the business that's our problem because now customers aren't comparing these retailers to you know the next in their category they are comparing them to amazon to alibaba to apple or to anybody who's really sort of mastered that whole ecosystem play and that's the danger isn't it because often for retailers they're benchmarking themselves against the other store in the same category where what they're not watching is these large ecosystem players out there that are completely redefining for example delivery times and what mm-hmm. customers expect you know when i was young 28 days for delivery was normal now yeah, yeah. alibaba's hema store can deliver to you in 3 hours right yeah. or 30 minutes if you live within 3 kilometers of the store mm-hmm. so the customers changing now as well and retailers are playing catch up they don't have you know the the inherent systems mm-hmm. to deliver the kind of experience that customers want you know even to the extent that somebody walks into a store and i know yeah. there there was a lot of sort of defensive mindset about people using apps in store to compare prices right mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. some stores try to ban this right yeah but that's the customer now so what are you learning as well from your conversations with customers in terms of their expectations what are you finding yeah. they want yeah you see a customer at the end of the day a retailer has to do what their customer really want and the way the customers are behaving today is is um, um is is what's good for them so if if you think about it 20 years back you will wake up in the morning you will take the newspaper and you will read a paper right today you wake up in the morning you take your um, you know phone and you read the top news and that's about it so the way you are consuming technology the way you are consuming news has changed similarly um a customer today the way he is buying has changed he is not going to go to your store and take a product pay for it and leave he has options all he has to do is scan the barcode and he will know 10 other places who can sell that to him now he will possibly pay you a delta more if he is getting more from you so what is that more 
that's where technology comes in the larger play. That's where we come in. So how do you work with that customer to ensure that he keeps coming back to you? Mm. You don't overcharge them, but do you as a retailer even know that this product is sold at a different price in a different store? Do you have those technology? And we have seen, and we, we are so surprised. We, we saw a lot of retailers, they don't even know. Um, you know, if they're selling something, are they even competitive or they're trying to get into a particular product and we know they will never be competitive in that product because there's another vendor. He has a direct, direct relationship with the manufacturer in China and uh, he will always be number two. And, and, and the retailer will get all this information by using technology. And yes, as you said, customers are changing, shoppers are changing. So if you want to stay in business in retail, you have to change yourself and you have to do it very, very fast. Yeah, there's no choice. Let's go back to the the customer journey part of your pitch deck. So in this slide here, you talk about the omnichannel, omnichannel journey, apologies, that you talk about how customers now flow through this process. Maybe you can talk us through this. What I'm interested in, particularly Kamal, is, you know, what was this actually like for the customer? And also at the end of it, how does that change behavior? So how does that change, for example, how retailers view the quote unquote customer problem? Do they approach it in a different way now that we have these kind of tools available to us? So first, what is the omnichannel journey and how does it look for a customer? Okay, so for a customer, I'll give you a plain, simple example. Um, you go to a store and you uh, you would like to buy a shirt. It's a, it's a blue shirt, uh, size, <clears throat> say it's size 40. And uh, you go there, you say, you know what? I received this email from you guys and there's a promotion going on. Um, and that email basically came from a campaign management system. So you targeted a customer to sell that blue shirt because he has been blank, buying blue shirts in the last couple of years. And you sent him the mail, he comes to the store and shows you the campaign and um, you give him the shirt. He says, can I go and try? He will go to the fitting room. He tries that, he wears it on and he says, you know what? Um, it's a bit tight. I may need one size bigger. Uh, he comes back and says, oh, I need 41. Uh, the retailer says, you know what? I do not have size 41, but this other store in Fifth Avenue has uh, uh, 41. Why don't you go home by evening? You will, will have a shirt. And uh, that entire, uh, uh, the way a retailer can do that is by use of technology. And the consumer journey here is the customer goes, looks at a phone, he looks at a promotion, uh, he comes to your store, he tries the product, he doesn't get it, but he still buys the product even if you don't have it. He goes home and your another store ships that product to this guy. And that is the journey that we are talking about. Now, if you look at any business, not just retail, you can either be a price differentiator or a value differentiator. You, you cannot be both. So what's happening today, what we have seen in retail, when retailers are not innovating, they are not listening to what's happening in the world, they're trying to become price differentiator. They're trying to reduce price and still be competitive. That is not the way how you how, how you will succeed. You have to be value differentiated. You have to include this technology so that you can give such experience to your shoppers so that they can keep coming back to you. So it, it, it all essentially 
rules around consumer experience, how mm. the shopper is behaving today and what he expects today. Yeah, that case study that you talk about, walking into a store, buying a shirt or trying to buy a shirt and then not having that in stock and then the clerk phoning another store, sending you the right size. How how difficult is it to do that in the old world without a, a, a unified platform, if you like? Because it sounds to me, mm. it should be easy. I should just be able to call the store on Fifth Avenue and say, mm. hey, Kamal, I'm looking for a 41 blue in this shirt. Do you have it? And he said, yep, I got it. There you go. It should be easy. But, yeah. The, mm-hmm. But what? It, what's the missing part that I'm not getting here? Yeah. The missing part is you have a customer on your on your system, and the entire uh, the way the product is delivered to the customer is all in the system. So you are not taking that customer detail. You are not calling someone else. You are not giving him the detail. Maybe something falls through the crack, and you will lose the customer unless you have systems in place. Now the thing is, can we do all those things we are doing today? Uh, without technology, possibly yes. It will take far more longer. Mm. It will be really cumbersome. It will not be, you know, in true sense, the uh, uh, you know the most jazzy way of doing it because your competitors are doing it. The the customer really wants to receive that email that the product is being shipped from this other other place. So if you are if you're sitting, say you have two hundred stores, are you going to call each one of them one by one? You are not going to do that. You would like to just click the button and see which store has it. Now you know there are these eight stores that has this 41 shirt and you pick one of them and you ship it. And in fact, technology should tell you which warehouse is easiest for you to ship and which will cost you least. Uh, all that has to be in the system. You shouldn't be calling the the shop, then the warehouse guy, then the shipping guy. Why will you do that? Mm. Try to become profitable by using technology. And that's what we do. Okay. Let's have a look at some of the case studies you've got at the end of your pitch deck. I'm going to jump forward to that. And uh, on the slides here from 60 to 63, so we've got to go all the way. And this is a very long pitch deck, very detailed. Let's get to the case study side. You've got, uh, how many is it? Three or four case studies here, right? Um, I want to pick, a, let's pick one which of interest to me, particularly airports. Spend a lot of time in airports mm-hmm. and work with airports and airlines as well. So Shannon, duty-free. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about this case study um, and why they need a unified platform and how it works. So what's the challenge first? Yeah, so um, the the challenge of the airport was, again, they have all these different duty-free uh, stores and they wanted a system that is fully integrated um, for all those stores with um, a console that gives them the kind of information they wanted. Um, they could buy different systems for different duty-free stores and then spend a lot of money in getting them the information they wanted. Uh, with Ivan Retail, all that is natively available in Ivan. So there are various airports around the world that uh, runs Ivan Retail. Uh, the Ireland airport, the Shannon airport is one of them. Um, and usually they will run it for their duty-free stores to run all the store and ensuring that they have real-time data at any point of time. So it's, it's all about uh, real-time data. And there is another very important piece here, 
uh, we um, are pioneer in integration, integrated solutions. That means we are integrated with various ERPs at the back end. So as a retailer, you may be running SAP uh, S4 HANA at back or a business one or, you know, IS retail, you can have Oracle, NetSuite, Sage, Microsoft, anything. Ivent connects with all of them. So that means there is a connector available for each one of those ERPs. And that's massive. Yeah. No one else in the industry has that. So these are available by City Access. We produce them. We have an engineering team that does that. So Shannon Airport also um, took the product because of that integration, not only because of feature functionality. It is never about feature functionality anyway. Why, why is it the airport's um, prerogative to take that on rather than the individual retailers? Why would they do it? What would be the benefit for them? I think it is the business model of different airports. What we have seen in various airports is um, airports will always have a cut. Uh, there will be an operator that's operating the airport. So there will be a private company mm. or the government, and they would like a cut from uh, every retail store. Uh, and uh, I think the way they devise the rent uh, of the store is uh, a percentage of of the actual sales. So there may be different model that they may be working on, and they will need systems that talk to each other and give them data in a real time. Um, we have also seen in few countries uh, the way a uh, uh, airport will renew any contract with a duty free. Uh, it is based on the amount of sale they do. Yeah. So if you are not selling well. Next year, they will say, you know what, thank you so much. We need the space. We'll give it to someone else. Yeah, that's that's classic commercial leasing, isn't it, based on your revenue? Mm -hmm. So in that context, how does it actually work with a, a traveler at the airport? How does that actually play out joining the dots between the stores or with the stores <laughs> in their own inventory? So let's walk us through a, a scenario with Shannon Airport, for example, with a particular traveler in mind. Yeah. So I, I'll tell you the experience of uh, of uh, the traveler and what the airport can really do. Uh, unless Shannon has uh, implemented all of them, um, I won't be able to tell you exactly which module they are they are uh, taking most benefit from. Um, if you have a singular system for say hundred stores, hundred duty duty free store in an airport, you can have a single loyalty card. Mm -hmm. So that means uh, something Dubai does really really well. Uh, what that means is, as a traveler, you can buy in Gucci, and now you have 2,000 points, and you can uh, go to the Apple store or iMac store, and you can buy a small iPhone, uh, possibly, or, or some other product or, or an accessory. The, the idea is, can you ensure that all those stores are a part of a single mall, where a retailer, uh, where a traveler, when he comes to the airport, he comes to the airport not just to take or catch a uh, plane. He comes to the airport even to buy products. Mm. So if you have those consumer experience um, uh, systems in place, uh, the willingness of to buy product at airport by the traveler is, is, is far greater. Could you implement this then, let's say, thinking a bit more laterally in a hospital? They have a lot of retail space in hospitals. And could you implement it in an airline? So, for example, I read just yesterday Boeing announced that their next generation of planes will be effectively IoT enabled across the whole plane. So you're going to have this uh, 
you know, it's going to be like a mini mall effectively within an airplane. So I'm just wondering about how far you can take this. You know, rather than just a mall, can you create malls within spaces that don't have malls? Um, it, we have seen and we are doing some pilot with malls right now. Um, but as far as airlines are concerned, they will have their own system. They will have their own uh, point of sale system because they are traveling to so many different airports. They cannot have a singular loyalty management system that works with multiple airports. That's just not possible. So I feel that uh, usage of technology can only be, you know, um, um, the innovation has a limit there. Uh, while we are doing it at the airport, we can do it at a place where Possibly hospital. If there is a lot of stores there, possibly you can do that. But the, the idea is to, uh, can you do that in a mall, which has, mm. say, 300 stores or 500 stores? And we are doing pilot uh, right now okay. in a few uh, malls. Which malls are the most receptive? What kind of malls? Because I guess they come in different stripes, don't they? So they tend to be yeah. people who uh, obviously are more open to trying new technology. What sort of formats do they come in and characteristics that are more likely to use this system? Yeah, the great, great question. So we have seen that um, malls which are owned by a single developer, a mall which is renting or leasing all its uh, units, um, uh, compared to a mall uh, where you can just buy a unit yourself, because those are all completely different units and you cannot have singular technology. So when you have a mall that is running like an airport, so there are malls in various countries which are uh, created by these large developers. They are not taking any rent, but they are saying, I will take X percentage of your revenue. Um, and, and for that, you have to use my system because I need to know what you have, your inventory right now, so that you're not selling anything on cash. Um, and I would like to know how much you sell. And at the end of the uh, month, I'm going to take this much money out of your actual sales. And um, and those are the developers, the, the real estate guys. They are most receptive to the idea of having a system where uh, you can have a singular system for the entire mall. The benefit to consumer is once he gets into the mall, he will have a, a, a single card. It's like, like in Singapore, you have a large departmental uh, store, if I even call it a store, like Takashimaya, yeah. right? It has like hundreds of stores inside, but it's a single developer. You buy at one place, you can uh, go to another store and redeem, right? And that is that is what uh, different developers are trying to do and trying to achieve. It's, it's a highly profitable um, a way of creating a mall, and it's also really good for the consumers. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're now creating a... a um a SaaS model effectively for a developer, right? Where they can be charging, you know, and they obviously charge for the rent, but on top of that, there's an upsell, you know. That That's can, correct, yeah. They can make a lot of money out of their most successful their most yeah. successful tenants, right? Okay, great. I mean, obviously they can implement other services on top of that as well. So once they're in and they're taking a percentage of the revenue, there are other options as well. I'm sure there's more that they can do for their mm -hmm. tenants in terms of marketing and so on. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had a look at one of the case studies. Um, sort of, let, let's talk about the, the business end of the, uh, the pitch deck. Let's talk about the revenue models and also what your plans are long term. Um, you've got a couple of slides here on the pitch deck about the revenue models. I'm just jumping back a little bit on slide 22, flicking through. Um, let's have a look at that. 
you talk about one of the uh, the models that you have here, the point of sale. Okay, tell us about how this works and uh, how you monetize this. And then the other one that you have here is on slide 38. We'll just slick through to that, which is the in-house, um, the on-cloud revenue model. Let's just back up a little bit. Um, reporting capabilities as well. So tell us a little bit about the, the options that you have for revenue models with iVend. Yeah, so um, the the revenue model is very simple. It's a subscription product. It's also uh, is available on perpetual pricing because there are a lot, lot of large retailers who, who do not want to pay subscription. They want to have a, a perpetual kind of uh, licensing with maintenance in it. So deployment has nothing to do with the pricing. You can buy a subscription, but you can have an on-premise deployment or you can use it on the cloud. Um, usually the deployment is um, uh, driven by our partners. We are a channel-centric company, so we do not really have our own cloud. Uh, the solution is cloud-enabled. A partner can deploy it in their own cloud or the customer can deploy in their cloud as a public cloud and they can uh, uh, in a private cloud and they can run it. So the revenue model is 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 very simple. Uh, it's a it's a there are various components in the in the product in the platform. You can buy any of those components. There is a price to it. You can buy it either on uh, perpetual license or you can buy on subscription. Okay, excellent. Let's talk about the the people behind this as well. Then we haven't talked about. Obviously, we talked about yourself, Kamal, but who else is in this team? Give us an understanding about the size of the team and also where you're based. Yeah, sure. So um, we are, as I said, we are very global. I started the business in uh, New York uh, in mid-2000, as I said. Um, the team is uh, in, in various countries. So when I started uh, giving a brief, um, when we saw the opportunity in retail, uh, we saw that in, in ERP segment, uh, the innovation was almost complete and there was a lot of consolidation happening. If you look at in 1990s, uh, Microsoft acquired uh, Solomon, Great Plains, Exapta, uh, Navision, all these companies, SAP acquired a lot. So there were a lot of consolidation in the, in the industry. In the industry vertical, which is retail, manufacturing, distribution, these are industries, uh, there was a lot of innovation going on. So we took retail as a um, as a product or as a segment where we wanted to grow. Uh, to start the product, we opened three offices, one in Sydney in Australia, uh, one in London, and one in Chicago. And we hired some retail evangelists uh, to understand uh, what's going on in the retailer's head. The integrated retail was the, uh, the biggest challenge that we wanted to take care of. Uh, and after that, we started hiring people. So development uh, of the product happened in India, in uh, uh, New Delhi. We have two development centers. Uh, we have a few hundred people there uh, in Noida and in Gurgaon. We also have development center in Mexico uh, for the uh, Latin American market and a small center in Cape Town uh, for Africa, uh, the African Middle East market. So these are three development. Apart from that, we have uh, around uh, 20, 22 odd offices in uh, various countries. Uh, and we have partners in 56 countries today, customers in 90 countries. How many people are you in total across all of that? We are around 300 people. 300 people. So you've got the, the three development centers and then yeah. all, everybody outside of the development center, where are they based? They are based in? They're in various countries. Okay. So in US, we are in US, in Australia, uh, UK, um, Africa. We have five offices in Africa and Middle East. Mm. 
so we are, we are pretty global, but many offices have only four, five, six people. So right. there are smaller offices too. Are they tend to be regional managers, account managers, sales teams, and so on? Yeah, these are the channel channel mm. teams. So we are a channel business. So we will have two types of people in these local offices where you will have a channel director uh, whose job is to identify, qualify, and, and recruit a partner. And you will have a local product expert. He's a functional guy. His job is to enable the partner and um, uh, ensure that he helps in solutioning the initial couple of implementations and um, uh, certify the partner and, and help the partner succeed. So these are two different types of resources that we will always have. Most of the intellectual property is online. So a partner, when he joins us uh, to sell a product, they go to knowledge.cityaccess.com, which are like thousands of videos and knowledge articles, forums. Um, so it, it's an ecosystem by itself. Uh, and it's, it also has an online certification center. So they certify. Once they pass the exam, then they qualify to sell Ivan Retail in the region. And our local offices will support them to succeed. Okay. I haven't asked you yet, Kamal. Curious with all entrepreneurs who come on the show is why? Why are you doing this? What What is it about this project that excites you? Why do you get up in the morning and go yeah. to work to build this, to service those clients? Yeah, yeah. So we are very passionate about retail segment. And it is not that I was born passionate about retail. Um, the passion came eventually. Uh, the idea is to can we disrupt the market? Retail as an industry is changing extremely fast. Um, we are the pioneer in that segment in the mid-market retail. Um, can I can I make a dent in that particular segment? Can I create technology that will last uh, or that will really make changes in that segment? So the vision here is very simple. We want to make retailers profitable. Uh, it is not about technology. The retailers should never see technology. Uh, they should feel it. and uh, It should make them profitable. So the why is simple. We are passionate about retail and we want to see retailers uh, profitable and we want to make uh, a change in that segment because no one else is doing it. You talk about making a dent and what you're passionate about. What's the next stage in that? What's the next stage of IVN? How does it look? Is it more yeah. geographical coverage or is it particular new rollout of the product? Yeah, so so the next one that we are trying to do, uh, and the test market is Singapore uh, for that, is um, looking at the SME uh, segment. And like just in Singapore, there are over 60,000 small SME retailers. Uh, they're using different type of system. Their problem is completely different. And I have personally been to, uh, and I walked the pile bar you know, there are like hundreds of stores there, the Tiong Baru, there are hundreds of stores. I went there, I spoke to retailers and looked at what they are using. And it's just amazing uh, the way retail changed in, in just in Singapore. And Singapore is the beacon for the entire region because whatever Singapore does uh, in Malaysia, Indonesia is the next, that's the phase two release even for our next product. And phase three will be the uh, Thailand, uh, Philippines, uh, Vietnam and the other countries. So the next big project that key, that's keeping us awake, uh, awake is the SME solution. We are trying to create a cloud-based solution for um, uh, the region. And we are trying to ensure that can we, can we create a section of this 
extremely fragmented industry, but no one knows who is doing what. And most of the business is happening in cash. The government also wants the data. The retailers want the data. They want to stay profitable. There are no systems. If as a small retailer in Singapore, you want to buy a retail system, you buy a big box, then somebody comes to install the product. Sometimes it doesn't work. You always have another book on which you are writing invoice. It's not pretty. And your problem is not integrated retail. Your problem is profitability. Can you use a single device which has bank connected to it? The payment is in that. And your customer comes in, you choose the product, you sell it, you take the printout, swipe the card, and you're good to go. Technology works at the back background. So we are trying to release a product with some large banks um, in Singapore very soon. It'll be in the next few months. Uh, I'm piloting that here. And once we are able to do this, uh, we will be taking it to uh, the regional market in Southeast Asia. Excellent. And what do you need to get to that next level? What do you need in terms of people? And are you actively seeking funds at the moment? No, we are not actively seeking funds. In fact, we are in the process of acquiring um, a few companies right now. Um, uh, funds is, is not really an issue for us. Uh, we are an investor uh, in, in that way. Um, the issue here is talent within Singapore. We tried to look at and uh, we uh, had a hard time uh, finding it. But the support from the government is, I do business in 20 plus countries and the support I received in Singapore is unbelievable. Uh, whether it's EDB or it's Intellectual Property Office of Singapore, uh, different government departments, they are so forthcoming in ensuring that, that you're successful. Uh, and it's, it's just mind blowing to see that approach. So there is a massive amount of support from the system to become successful. Um, and uh, therefore, all the other issues that you face, uh, they really go away. Mm. Um, you, you just don't see that because that is the biggest issue that usually you will face in a new country. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, we did not face it here. Yeah, I concur. Definitely agree on that. To the point about talent, this is the challenge facing every high growth company in the region, finding people the right people who want to work in a startup and know what it means to work in a startup, whether the startup is four people or 400 people, mm -hmm. they're still of the startup mindset, even if they are, you know, hundreds of millions in revenue. Um, what are you looking for? So there, there will be people that watch this that may be potential partners. There'll be people that watch this that may be talent for your team. So somebody mm -hmm. who comes from a particular background or just gets what you're trying to do, come on and say, yeah, I want to be part of that story. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for specific hard skills in expanding your, your team? Are you looking for people with a certain mindset? Yeah, yeah. We are looking for uh, people in the front end, uh, not really at the back end, at the technology level. I don't think we will be hiring uh, in this region, but we will be hiring a pretty significant sales um, and marketing team um, for the region. So we are looking for people who understand retail very well, who are connected in the payments industry and also in the retail industry. And um, uh, we are we are looking and talking to various people from that background. So yes, we are looking for talent who has lived in this region. Um, who knows this region, who knows the banks in this region and the retail 
uh, you know, hardware companies and the, the that particular segment, uh, and they know the dynamics of the of the region. You know how the region really works because it, it's 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 very interesting to see how business happens in Indonesia, Malaysia, or Singapore. It's different. Yeah. So we'll need people who understand the culture. Yeah. And they have relationships as well, which is all important exactly. in retail and the banking yeah. side of the world. And partnerships as well. You mentioned, for example, you said like you were acquiring and obviously partnerships are a big part of what you do um, mm -hmm. in expanding out into different markets. What's the sort of shape of partners that you're looking for? Are there any particular pieces of the puzzle that you are really focusing on at the moment? That kind of company, people are doing X, what would that be? Yeah, so um, we are always looking for partners who are system integrators. So usually um, a system integrator will be a, a partner considering the system integrator is also into retail segment. So there can be SIs um, who are implementing to say fair price or NTUC or uh, retailers like that uh, who have SAP Oracle as a backend and uh, they would like to create an event practice. So yes, we are always looking for such partners. Excellent. That's Kamal Kamakar, everybody, from iVent, or the company behind it is known as City Exis. We'll put all the details in the show notes. Kamal, thank you so much for joining us today on the show and sharing a bit about your story and your journey and putting the call out there for anybody that wants to become part of that in different mm -hmm. shapes and forms. We'll put the details for them to contact you if they wish to reach out to you. Um, wishing you all the best with your next phase here in the region as well it's a big challenge but obviously you feel that you can rise to that challenge so we're all behind you and hoping that goes well for you please come back and give us an update at some point in the future yeah and safe journeys that's kamal kamaka everybody thank you so much thank you so much graham bye-bye that was pitch deck asia powered by pitch media asia my name is graham brown pitch deck asia is a platform to give startups in asia a voice we give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our SoundCloud channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. That's pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us, and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.